Welcome back to Love, Life, and Legacy, the podcast dedicated to helping you navigate these hyper-sexualized times of ours. And in today's episode, we got Melissa Manor slash Santana, who is our Latin America coordinator. She is in charge of not just the continent, but also some islands just off the coast as well. She is pretty cool and pretty amazing. We found her in the middle of Brazil and she's stepped up and decided to take on this role, which is unbelievable because it's a massive role, but it has so much potential. We know that we're going to do a really, really amazing job because we have the right person for the job. And Mel is that person. Who is she? Well, why don't you just listen a while and figure out who is now in charge of High Noon Latin America? So let's get into it. Hey. All right. So as promised, we have another one of our chapter coordinators. I keep on forgetting. I know everybody forgets the name of this job, but it's chapter coordinator. We were going to do chapter director, but then there's so many directors, it gets really confusing. Who's the director director? And then, so he just said coordinator. And it's a lot less attractive. I've got to say a coordinator sounds like somebody who dresses people like a fashion coordinator or something like that. But it is an amazing title that's a work in progress. But the more important thing is what a chapter coordinator does. And Melissa is somebody who does a lot um, as a human, and she's already started to move the dial for High Noon. So first of all, welcome, Melissa. Thank you. Thank you, Andrea. Um, and basically, you know, we, Sammy and I already recorded an episode contextualizing what are chapters and, um, how we did not have you on our radar and then you popped up out of nowhere and then we were like, you're the one, she's the one, she's perfect. Um, but I'd love to hear like the process of you hearing about this role and then feeling like were you were you right for this role like let's and then we'll get back into your backstory but just for everybody like how did you end up in this position yeah um it's interesting because i'm for those that don't know i'm living in brazil currently but i am american but i'm also brazilian i'm half brazilian half well actually half brazilian half canadian but i grew up in, in the u.s and yeah, so I'm a mix. Um, but the reason that I'm here in Brazil is because I married a Brazilian. And so we're currently living in Brazil. And well, anyway, we'll see how much I end up sharing about this. But the church in Brazil is very different. Um, and not just the church, but the culture of Brazil as a whole. Like politically, just everything is very different from the U.S., um, and so I struggled a lot. My, um, it's been about a year now that I've been living here and I struggled a lot <laughs> the first year. I definitely had a lot of ups and downs. And even I remember one time, like my husband told me, he's like, why do you keep complaining? You keep complaining. 
And I remember I was like, I never complain. Like, what do you mean? Like, it's just like not who I am. Like, I'm a positive person, but I really felt, I guess, thrown out of my my reality, you could say. Um, and even though I've, I'm very familiar with Brazil and I've lived in Brazil, um, or like a visitor a lot, you know, I never had the experience. <clears throat> Sorry. <clears throat> Bad timing. Um, yeah, I never had the experience of actually living in Brazil, um, where you have to pay bills and rent and, oh, so many other little things that just are very, like, frustrating. Um, and I guess, yeah, what really hurt me or what I really struggled with was how different the church culture is, where before, if I had an issue, I could just talk to my pastor. Um, but here, it's, like, you don't really talk to your pastor. And then there's a lot of divisions, and so it's just, it's very hard um, to feel spiritually connected, I guess, to God, but also just to myself, if that makes sense, like to my own spirit. Um, and so I kept telling myself, I want to do something. I want to do something. Like, I have to be involved because I used to be, you know, a youth pastor. And so I was super involved. Like, my life was church, basically. And then I felt, I feel so disconnected. And then I'm meeting a lot of people, but there's like those times when you meet people and then it's not really like deep, you know, it's just a conversation or have a great week. And so I was really looking for a way to get involved or just volunteer, do something. Like, how can I? I felt, I also felt that I really want to help Brazil. That was kind of my feeling was like, I have to help. I have to do something because I could, like, every time I would talk to someone deeply, it would just be like complaining or just feeling kind of like, yeah, like we just received the blessing and they're like, good luck, you know? Like, um, yeah, like the one time that, anyway, I don't know if I'll share this, but one time that the blessing department like contacted us after our blessing was to ask us to basically like register and tithe. And so like register as a bus family because you have to do that here and then tithe. It wasn't like, how's your family? Like, how's their first year of marriage? Like, I was just kind of like, do this. Um and so I just, I felt like a lot of lacking, but I didn't really know what to do. Um, so then when I did hear about this opening for the chapter, chapter leader, chapter coordinator, sorry, and you just explained it, chapter coordinator of Latin America, I actually it was funny because at first I thought it was to be a facilitator, like a volunteer thing when I first saw it. And then I was like, oh, yeah, I really want to do that. Like, this would be so awesome. And then I, like, looked at it, and then I was like, oh, this is a job. It's like, wow. This wasn't really what I was expecting, you know? And then I thought about it. I prayed about it for a bit, actually. Um, and then I felt, you know, what if this is what God wants from me? Because if I have this calling in my heart, like, it's not in my heart for no reason. Um, that's, that was kind of my feeling was that, which is actually how I got started with High Noon. I didn't feel qualified either. Like I, Anyway, it was fa I felt like God was telling me, like, you said you wanted to help or you said you wanted to do something, so, like, here you go. Um, and then, anyway, I prayed about it. I was like, yeah, I don't know if I'm the right person for the job, but, you know, I definitely, I think I'm a good balance of, shit, it's like American and, like, Latin 
like the unity, I guess, if I can work, if I can unite that and, you know, we can really create something really amazing. Um, yeah, so that's kind of how I got involved for part of it. And then, yeah, I didn't really think I would get the job, to be honest. I was just like, I don't know. I, I felt like it, this, this is what God wants and it'll happen. But then it happened. I was like, oh, wow. Okay. God wants me here. Um, and then since then, there's been so many things happening in Latin America. So many things like us. Yeah, yeah, all the time, like every single day, there's something happening. And I just felt very much in a way that I'm supposed to be here. Um, yeah, even though I don't feel qualified sometimes, to be honest, I still feel like, I don't know, God's using me while I'm here. And so um, I think that's that's really nice to feel connected, I guess, to God in that sense. And I think connected to my true self. Yeah. So that's obviously a good feeling, and it gives you a lot to work on while you're there. So, yeah, that was, you know, what's funny is the only reason I knew you were there. So we had, um, you know, we put out a general job post, and then I was like, oh, Melissa's somewhere down there. And the only reason I knew that was because of Instagram, because I remember all these lovey-dovey videos of kissy-wissy you and your husband. And uh, I was like, oh, yeah, she's down there. So I just kind of, you know what happened? I sent you a link. I was like, check this out. I think you'd be good for this. And then <laughs> you never got back to me. So I was like, oh, I guess she's not applying. And then later I heard that you had applied. I was like, oh, that's interesting. That's really cool. And then, yeah, it went from she might be a good pick to she, she's definitely the one. So I want to I wanna go back a little bit. Um, you are from Maryland. We have a history. I was your, I was the owner of your soul for a while, for a little period of your life. I was responsible. Mm -hmm. um, I was your pastor, and you were the youth ministry leader. And so you've been, you've been kind of giving back to people for a long time. When, when did you start becoming like a, like an official giver in that capacity, like youth ministry leader and all that? That's a long time. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess when way back, back when Kaylee Moffitt was my youth pastor, um, we did these, we had this kind of program, I guess, called um, apprenticeship, basically. And it's basically when someone was a senior or a junior, they would start becoming an apprentice. So they would basically help plan one youth ministry activity a month. Um, and so... I actually ended up being an apprentice when I was a junior in high school. So I was like 16, 17 um, when I started. And I remember I led like girls events with, um, yeah, there's like a big team of sisters, like my older sisters. And I remember it felt like so cool. Just like, wow, I'm so cool. Um, but it was really fun, you know. And then after that, we had a middle school workshop where the seniors would plan it. And that was my first time really, I guess, being in that youth leader position and really taking care of kids. And I think that really, yeah, I think impacted my, I don't know, my my whole heart was changed. And I really felt this is where God wants me to be 100%. And so, um, yeah, so, I'd be, so it's funny because at that time, everyone was doing GPA. And then I was like, I don't know. Uh, and so I remember like, Someone was saying, I really like the idea of offering a year to God. So I'm going to offer a year to God. 
And I was like, I like that too. Like, I want to offer a year to God, but I don't want to go to GPA. And so then I was like, ah. And then I, I prayed about it. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do four years. I'm going to offer four years to God because I'm not suffering enough if I'm like living at home, you know? Like, there's so much, I should be suffering. <laughs> um, and so I was like, okay, I'm going to do four years. And so I committed myself to doing four years. Um, and then it was funny because after my fourth year was when I actually became the youth pastor. So it's like almost as if I finished my time and then I became like the youth pastor rather than just like a youth minister, you know, part of the team. Yeah. So you were a youth ministry leader. I remember that. You were great. Uh, you inherited a lot of good stuff from Kaylee. Processes, but also just learning how to really take care of people. And then that's kind of exactly... At some point, you were still a youth ministry leader when you came to the High Noon Summit. Remember in Las Vegas? I remember getting <laughs> as many yeah. Marylanders as possible. You came with a posse. So what was that like? Because you were dealing with kids and then you came to our event and then you found out what everybody's really kind of dealing with. How was, how was that for you? Yeah, to be honest, it was really eye-opening. Um... Yeah, uh, like I remember it so clearly. I remember everyone I was with and everyone I talked to. Yeah, it was really an eye-opening situation because I had never really talk about pornography. We always mention it, but it's like it's different when you really hear someone share their story. And yeah, I remember it. It was just the first time I heard someone publicly really talk about something that they're struggling with no... Like, no shame, you know, like, that, like no fear. I don't know what the right word is to, to phrase it, but kind of so freely, right? Like, feeling so welcomed and loved enough to be able to share their deepest struggle, which is, like, that's, you know, everything. As a, a youth pastor, that's every youth pastor's dream. And I think every leader's dream is that, you know, your members, the people that you care about, feel welcome enough to actually, you know, share you know this secret like you know this dark part of them um and so i remember that really yeah i was just super i don't know my brain was basically opened at that point to what pornography is what the what the issues are but also what high noon is and how precious high noon is um <clears throat> yeah i really felt yeah i don't know i just felt a lot of and it was interesting because when I was there, I, f I had this feeling of, I, I, I want to help, I want to help. But I didn't really know how at that point. Um, yeah, I, I felt kind of, not that I learned this information, like, what do I do, if that makes sense? Um, and so I felt a little bit like, wow, like, we have to tell people, we have to do something. But I wasn't clear with, like, where's my role in high noon? Or, like, what, what does this, yeah, I wasn't really sure about my personal aspect of it. Yeah. Well, then you, I mean, I don't know how long after, but you became involved with women's recovery, were you not? Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> that was another great call with Andrew. One of those life-changing calls. I remember you called me and I was sitting on my bed and you're like, so, you know, we've been doing, and I think it was the beginning of 2018, and there had been a lot of program, programs for men, but 
And I think it was interesting because I remember when High Noon started, it wasn't High Noon. It was like Pure Mind Online or something like that. And then it had become High Noon, something like that. Yeah. And then anyway, you know, I'd been doing a lot. And then you called yeah, anyway, you called me and then like, yeah, and so now we actually want to start a women's group. And and like, could you be the facilitator of that group? And I remember being like, No, I can't. Like, why, why me? And I remember, like, I told you, like, some people's names. I was like, what about this person? What about this person? What about this person? And then everyone, you're like, yeah, we asked them. They said no. Yeah, we asked them. They said no. And then I was like, wow. I'm literally the last. Like, I, I don't know. I just felt kind of, it was interesting because as we were talking, I felt God telling me in my mind, like, I could hear God's voice saying, like, you said you wanted to help. Like, you know, you said you wanted to help. Um, and so then I felt like, wow. I don't know. I really felt like this was God asking me to do something, um, not just Andrew asking me, but really, you know, of all the people that you could have also asked, you know, even though you did and you did and they said no, you know, you went to me. And I remember saying yes with like, I have no idea what I'm doing, but I'll do it as long as that's okay that I have no idea what I'm doing. And then you're like, yeah, no, it's fine. Like, you just have to be a good listener um so that that really like was like okay i can do that what i'm hearing what i heard you say is that my voice is the voice of god so please everybody take out your journals write that down um yeah no but you stepped up you stepped up <laughs> like you do it sounds like god speaks to you and like but you but you said melissa you said <laughs> yeah it's i really felt god through integrity it's like as soon as God hits my integrity, it's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just pats you on the back. You got this. So then mm-hmm. that leads us to now, like you've been doing, serving people for quite some time since you're 16. And then we, we incorporated you into high noon and you've been giving back here and there. And now you're officially the chapter coordinator, which means you're responsible for a team of people um, and also for all of Latin America. So South, Central and the Caribbean. Um, what how how's this? How's this? Because that's like a big area. It's a big responsibility. How how are you feeling right now about this role? Don't know, Andrew. I can't hear you. Are you back? Yeah. Okay. Sorry, I didn't hear anything you said the last minute. Okay. I was saying, um, yeah, you have a big responsibility. What What are your, how are you feeling about your role right now for Latin America? Yeah, I feel like better. I feel like the first week I was like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? And then I didn't really know what was happening, to be honest, with High New Latin America. I wasn't, I just say I wasn't really connected. I didn't really know too much. Um, Like I followed like some pages on Facebook and things like that, but I didn't really see much. And I didn't really know what was happening. Like I was pretty much super... I thought there was very little, but then I realized that there's so much happening actually um, in Latin America. There's already so many groups, so many participants. Um, 
there was like a you know tour done but there's also a lot of challenges that I didn't know about um a lot of things that happened in the past and kind of difficulties as well so I kind of felt like I was walking into just like almost like into like a new country where like you don't know the language don't know anything it's just like even like they have like the smallest things like their tabs or called things that are something I didn't understand like they would do RRSS and it means like hedge socialize like um, social media but it was like RRSS and I was like what does that mean like, I have no idea um, so it was just kind of learning like the terminology and also understanding what's happening um, and then I don't know how but somehow right when I started was also when a lot of kind of big conversations with leaders started happening and so I also really didn't feel so prepared for that um because it's just like I'm still learning like I'm still learning what's happening um so I'd you know I was like oh I, yeah I was kind of rough um but kind of what I guess I gained from that was that yeah you know, even we just had our staff kind of and like our staff retreat or like our quarter um like quarter reading kind of preparing for the next quarter and the last quarter of this year and even for that I felt a lot more comfortable because I'm used to planning workshops or planning retreats and so it was a little bit easier but then yeah just these conversations with I guess feeling unsupported by leaders was a very much thing I wasn't used to and still not used to you know it's kind of understanding that in Brazil things don't work the way they do in the U.S. and not just in Brazil but in Latin America everything is top down and so it's like leaders decide everything and then like if they don't say something or if they say something is bad then it's it's evil and you're doing Satan's work but if they say something is good, then like you're doing God's work. And so I don't know. It's very much a weird place where I'm used to in the U.S. Like I'm so conf like I have no problem talking to any leader. Like, you know, like there's I don't know. I always felt supported or just a conversation. And then we understand each other. But here it's very much also they're a little bit like untouchable, you know, like it's hard to talk to them and like hard to reach them. And so yeah anyway that that was i think one of the hardest things getting used to that and i'm still getting used to that so what i'm hearing you say is that you're a big baby who complains a lot and you got this role uh so that god can teach you how to love brazilian leaders i'm so glad i'm so glad for you yeah yeah what yeah latin america uh yeah no i think i mean it's funny because well, no, you're the perfect person in the job for that because um, it is not an easy situation. And just so you know, you know, different countries feel very differently about high noon and even at different times. Sometimes it's exactly not that we're Superman, but like any superhero, if you look at their story for long enough, they're loved or like in the beginning, they're kind of a curiosity, like who is this weirdo? And then if they stick around long enough, then people kind of like, oh, yeah, they're trying to help us. And then if they stick around even longer, then everybody turns against them. 
And so that's kind of the story arc of High Noon 2. But then eventually everything works out and we're all happy. So um, I'm sure you're going to do great. And Latin America, what I see is it's just our church is just a giant family. And so at different points in families, there's uh, expansion and retraction. So sometimes the family is like really expanding a lot and people, everybody's getting married. But then every once in a while there's retraction and that's that's at the time when people get a little, I don't know, they fight more, they disagree on stuff. And so we're kind of going through a bit of that. But you are mm -hmm. perfect for this role because you are... You are not, I mean, you're righteous, but you're not a weasel and you're not, you're not starting any fights. You do the right thing. So we're happy to have you down there, kiddo. So what, after you guys met, I know you just, your team just met, you bonded a lot. You got to hang out in a nice place down there in Brazil, um, how are you feeling about the future of High Noon Latin America? I feel pretty good. No, I mean, I feel really excited kind of about just the different ideas that we have. Um, I feel a lot more united with the team, which I think is important if you're working with someone. And then because it is few people, it's like if you haven't, like if there's some disunity or some, you know, something going on, some negativity it definitely affects everything um but then saying that because it is a small team each person's personal you know you know how you have good days and bad days but like if you're in you know a difficult place it kind of affects everyone um and so I feel like it was really nice to really just have some time to really connect to each other as a team and then now we have a lot of plans and then we have plans for the future like you know other plans too that we're kind of thinking about but we're not focusing on them right now um but yeah we just I feel a lot more guided going into this next quarter and it's the last quarter of 2023 yeah. so um yeah yeah I think um when you look at high noon Latin America it's kind of divided up into like Spanish right and then Portuguese and Spanish there's so much like there's so much you know, there's a lot of courses, there's a lot of groups, um, you know, there's just a lot of content and also a lot of experience. But with high noon Portuguese, it's a lot less. It's, yeah, like maybe 20% of the content. Like there's only, I think, two or three courses. And so there's definitely a lot to expand in that, you know. And I think that part of what was difficult was that there was only one there's like one person on the staff from Brazil and everyone else was more, you know, Spanish speaking. And so I think it's nice having, now that I, I'm currently in Brazil, actually almost our whole team is in Brazil, which is kind of funny. Um, so to kind of focus a little bit more on like even just, you know, connecting more to people in Brazil and um, yeah, I don't know. I feel very much, it's very natural right now, you know, the way that we, we talk to people and even for me, you know, I've been meeting more and more Brazilians through High Noon, which is really funny. Like, I've been meeting so many people. And I'm just like, oh, yeah, this course would be great for you. Or, you know, like, having the conversations that before I wasn't actually having, you know, like, I feel just even working in this High Noon space has made me more, ah, uh, how can I say it? Like, it's easier for me to connect to people um, in a way now. Or I guess maybe 
my own fear, I guess, of not being, you know, like Brazilian or not being, you know, Latina, like in terms of like I wasn't raised here. I think that's gone away a little bit. Um, and so I'm really grateful for that. So I feel more like confident, I guess, in myself, um, which I think is really good in terms of how I knew. And last thing, if 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 you could, you know, there's some people who are listening to this and they're like, oh, I like her. She's nice. I want to help her. What's what's some way in which people can contribute to this high new Latin America providence? Um, that's a good question. I think, honestly, yes. I think just the help, like, you know, if you are able to connect to anyone who speaks Spanish, who speaks Portuguese, and, you know, talk to them and tell them about maybe how much High Noon has helped you or, you know, any connection that you have to High Noon, I think that's going to help a lot. <clears throat> Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that talking to people about it and making High Noon known is, I think, really important because right now it's kind of like a little bit of a secret people don't talk about it too much and then even you know we have issues here where the leaders like if it's not sent from above they assume that it's not like heavenly you know like it has to come from like the top leader and so I think the more and more that people talk about what high noon has done for them or how high noon has helped them or helped their family or helped someone that they care about you know touch their lives in some way I think that's gonna help us so much because rather than just telling someone it's good, it's really being able to have that, you know, one on one conversation of what, what did it do for you, what did it do for your family? Um, and so I think that's a big help. Um, of course, prayer. Prayer is really nice. Um and yeah, support. I mean, feel free if you get of any big event or any event happening, you know, like I think it's totally fine if you wanna come on, even if you don't understand Spanish or if you wanna work on your Spanish you know, and come to, you know, a two-day workshop or, you know, some sort of event, I think it's really great because people in Latin America love people not from Latin America. They're, like, obsessed. Like, if you say you're from Europe or you're from the U.S., they're like, oh, my gosh, like, you're so cool. Um, and so it's kind of funny. Um, so, yeah, if you hear of any events, like, please, you're totally welcome. Um, even if you feel like you're, you don't speak Spanish, you don't speak Portuguese, you know, if you know something, I think um, just having that support is really uh, really precious and valuable. All I have to say is Melissa at highnoon.org, everybody. Melissa at highnoon.org. Reach out to her if you have any questions. Any last words, Mel? Yeah, thank you. Thank you for, you know, having me here and giving me this opportunity. And um, not just that, but I think believing in me. So I'm really good to you, Andrew. But also to anyone else who has supported me, I've had, yeah, I feel like I, um, I'm really blessed with such a great community, community, like aunts and uncles and so many people that have really supported me. So I'm just grateful. And um, yeah, I'm grateful for all the leaders also in Brazil that even though sometimes it's difficult to work with them, I feel that um, once we can break through, things are going to be so great. It's actually insane. So I'm grateful for the challenge that we can hopefully conquer. You can do it, Melissa. We believe in you. We know it's going to be uh, magical. I've been saying this a lot, but 
right now it just feels like everybody's gathering all their resources, like all the different chapters. They're just kind of sticking in their feet into the ground and like really getting used to the role. But in three to six months, things are going to get very interesting. And I can't wait to see what happens down there. Things are going to get very spicy. So, yeah, thanks so much for signing up. And thanks for being here. I appreciate you. I appreciate you, girl. Thank you. Thank you, Andrew.